Hello, and welcome back to the Cuse Conversations podcast. I'm John Boccasino, Senior Internal Communications Specialist at Syracuse University. It was definitely a surreal moment. I think I just, my mindset, I just dove in and, you know, this is what I had to do and didn't really try to put too much time, too much thought into it because I know it would probably paralyze me. And I felt like that, think about what, what has happened. And I, since I've had time to think about that, I mean, it's, it's, again, it's a dream come true. It really is for me. I, I know people sometimes say that and it's kind of cliche, but it, it really is to come back and be the name, the head coach of my alma mater um, and, and being able to coach Beheim to kind of stamp me and give me his blessings. It means the world to me. And, and, and I don't take that lightly. And I think that's what you hear when I talk about our program and, and what it means to me. I love this place. Uh, I love coach. I love Syracuse. Um, it was pivotal in me growing as a young man. Um, those years were, were important because I experienced everything there and I took everything. And the one thing I can say that I learned about was loyalty. And that's what Syracuse community, this university and the fans are loyalty. And that's why the family, that comes back to the family um, part of it. And that's, that's what I've always felt and, and I embraced. Adrian Autry came to Syracuse University from New York City as a talented men's basketball recruit, a McDonald's All-American, intent on leading the Orange to success on the court. During a four-year playing career, Autry etched his name in the school's record books as a prolific passer and tremendous defender. He still ranks fifth in program history in career assists and is sixth in steals. Autry earned his bachelor's degree in speech communication from the College of Visual and Performing Arts in 1994, following a successful playing career that included stints in Europe and across North and South America, Autry embarked on his second act as a basketball coach. He learned from one of the best, serving as an assistant and associate head coach for his mentor, Hall of Fame head coach Jim Beheim. And this past March, Autry was named the eighth head coach of the Syracuse University men's basketball program. Before the Orange opened the season against the University of New Hampshire on November 6th, Autry stopped by the Cuse Conversations podcast to discuss this exciting opportunity, why he was ready to take over the program, his favorite memories from his playing days, and why Syracuse has always felt like home. You've really been busy everywhere you look. We're reading stories of you being on the recruiting trail, bringing in some really <laughs> talented student athletes. Man, I don't know how. I don't. Do you, do you sleep at all? I mean, you, you seem like you're going nonstop. <laughs> you know what? Um, I, I actually, you know, it's funny. I probably, I probably got probably caught up on all my sleep when I went down to Florida. <laughs> I think I had an average <laughs> of like ten hours of sleep in the bed. So probably that was that was my recharging time. So. When you've been seeing these student-athletes and talking to the uh, students who might be coming to Syracuse, what's been your message about what they can expect if they join the Syracuse family? Well, you know, I think, you know, the biggest thing we talk about is, uh, like anything, the fam- like you said, the family. But to be pushed, to be challenged, not only um, to grow as a, as a basketball player, but as a, as a person, as a student, um, all those things matter to us. We, we celebrate all those victories we celebrate all those accomplishments, you know, not just basketball. You know, it's really about the holistic approach of building you up, um, you know, from a person, the personal side to the athletic side. And you mentioned the word family. I know that that phrase gets used quite a lot around the men's basketball mm-hmm. program. And, 
And you've got that unique perspective of both having been a former student athlete here, an assistant coach, and now the head coach. What is it about Syracuse basketball that is a family? You know, I think uh, obviously having one coach for so long, that was always the connection. You know, being able to, and I think that's what, you know, I think when you talk about Duke, you know, the brotherhoods and, you know, you have these certain sayings, you know, I, we, we say orange family, family for life, family forever. You know, it's because of that, you know, you've had that one, that one voice, that one coach that has connected, you know, decades. You know, we were, we were connected by, you know, I mean, coach, coach four or five decades. So, you know, think about how many players that all shared the same experience, had the same experience, not only with the, with the coach and the stories, but the community, the dome. So again, a lot of a lot of a lot of people have come through and played under coach, and I think that was really the biggest connection. When it comes to having that, you know, you're you're taking over for you know a living legend, a Hall of Famer. I know he's someone that you respect, and and vice versa. He gave you great praise um, at every stop, you know, when he could, and during the the retirement press conference. I mean, it's clear that Coach Beheim respects you as a coach and what you bring to the table. What was it about? your style that made you ready to take on this challenge? I only can do me. You know, I can't try to be anyone else. You know, I, you know, I knew what I wanted to do, and, I, and I've always been like that. And I think um, I've never been much to follow. I've been really, really kind of been a leader in my own way, you know, my own path and my own mind. I did things, you know, kind of my way. Um, I'm, you know, I'm grounded in those 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 things and I believe in something, I believe in it. Um so I think, you know, you gotta have those qualities and I think from just from the other aspect of it is that coach coach allowed me to grow under him. He gave me a lot of freedom. He gave me a lot of uh responsibility um to, to do things. So I think, you know, through the through those through those, you know, twelve years, um, that I grew a lot each year and coach kind of seen me grow and he continually gave me more responsibility and let me kind of broaden brought my horizons, um, whether it was going to improvement stuff, uh, being able to travel and go and look at different people, different things, see different things, talk to different people. Um, even when he was at USA, allowing me to come to a practice, you know, allowing me to be around that stuff. Um, so, you know, a lot of it was coach giving me that freedom to grow. If you had to put your finger on it, what are one or two ways in which you really did grow as a coach during that 12-year tenure serving as an assistant? I think uh, to the, the consistency um, and to never get too high, never get too low. I think that's the one thing that I've learned, you know, you know the ups and downs of our profession and, uh, and watching coach kind of handle it and go through different things, trying times, uh, whether it was a four or five game losing streak or whether it was a six or seven game winning streak, he would, you know, approach every day the same and uh, never be too happy or never get too down. I really appreciated in some of the press conferences you've held, you've talked about the importance of being prepared for a big moment. Who taught you the value of preparation, and how have you been preparing yourself to coach this program? You know, I think, obviously, once I've graduated from college and being a professional, being able to play over, ten, being able to play over there for 10 years, it was tough, you know, because it's hard. It's hard. It's a lot of players for them to pick from. No different than the NBA and to play at the level that I played at. Like, you all, I never could get out of shape because a phone call could come at any time. Or, you know, once I was there, 
you know, I always had to do what I needed to do because at any moment of time, they can call and change you and replace you. So I was always, I always had that mentality after I left um, to, to take advantage and never take anything for granted. Um, each paycheck, each game, each week. And I carried over until my journey as a coach and did my first stop at, at you know, working in college ranks with Seth Greenberg. Man, he, he was the guy that was, you know, he prepared for everything. I mean, I, we were so prepared. When I got to Syracuse, I was already two and three recruiting classes ahead. That's how prepared Seth Greenberg was. And, and everything, every meeting, every meeting had a, had a, had a theme to it and every practice and everything just mattered. Um, he didn't waste time. And, he, and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I think between my playing career and starting off with Seth Greenberg, that really kind of, you know, kind of got me started in, in, in believing into preparation and being prepared. I love to hear that, and I'm sure Orange Nation loves to hear, again, that emphasis on our teams will not be out-coached, they'll not be out-prepared, they will be ready for whatever challenge gets thrown in front of them. And, and that's clear, Adrian, that you're know you you're serious. You mean business when it comes to taking over this program. I want to ask you about that day back in March when you were introduced. Just how surreal was it knowing that you you were taking over at your alma mater as the next head coach? You know, I tell people asking that question all the time, and it was definitely a surreal moment. Um, I don't think it really hit hit me and hit me and hit me consistently, and probably until the last couple of probably the last couple of weeks as we approach you know the school year. I think I just my mindset. I just dove in, and you know this is what I had to do, and didn't really try to put too much time, too much thought into it because I know it would probably paralyze me, and I felt like that and not paralyzed as far as this, but just like kind of like think about what, what has happened. And I, since I've had time to think about that, I mean, it's, it, again, it's a dream come true. It really is for me. I, I know people sometimes say that and it's kind of cliche, but it, it really is to come back and be the name, the head coach of my alma mater um, and, and being able to coach Beheim to kind of stamp me and give me his blessings. It means the world to me. And, and, and I don't take that lightly. And I think that's what you hear when I talk about our program and, and what it means to me. I love this place. Uh, I love Coach. I love Syracuse. Um, it was pivotal in me growing as a young man. Um, those years were, were important because I experienced everything there and I took everything. And the one thing I can say that I learned about was loyalty. And that's what Syracuse community, this university, and the fans are loyalty. And that's why the family, that comes back to the family um, part of it. And that's that's what I've always felt and, and embraced. Give us some insights into some of the past players, maybe players you played with or players from back in the day. Who's reached out to you and what have the, the reactions been since you were hired as the head coach? Oh, man, I've, I've had all my, you know, my form, guys that I played with, guys before me, Derek Cohen, Billy Owens, Stevie Thompson, uh, Lawrence Moten, John Wallace, uh, you know, just, just, you know, just to name a few, um, but um, they've all reached out and excited and, you know, looking forward to it and, and, and was, you know, just looking forward to the to the new chapter. And they were excited. They're going to support me any way they, they can. And, you know, I'm excited to have those guys come back to campus and sit at a practice and meet meet our team and have them talk to our team. Um, so I mean, it's just all, you know, it was all, you know, well-received and excited. 
it's always great when you go to the dome and the dome's rocking and you see the legends of the game, whether it's John Wallace or a Lawrence Moten or DC, you know, somebody coming back, Roni Cycli to cheer on the team. I mean, we have such a proud history of, of basketball and, and it's intertwined with the community too. What's the reaction from the city of Syracuse and from central New York been uh, that you've perceived from you being hired? You know, me walking around, everyone's been very excited, congratulatory, uh, wishing me well. So just excitement, you know, uh, when people stop and talk and, you know, just excited that, uh, you know, that I, you know, that the, the job remained with a Syracuse alum. Um, so it's just excitement. Now take us back in the day, you know, you, you had the nickname Red. You were a very talented high school basketball player coming out of St. Nicholas at Tolentine back in the Bronx. And you come up to central New York to play for Coach Beheim. What did you know about Syracuse, and what made you want to come here to both play and study? I mean, academically, I knew it was a good school. I think uh, me originally coming to Syracuse, I before that, I loved being on the radio, and I used to listen to a guy named Vaughn Harper, and uh, he was a Syracuse alum. So I knew that the academics were good. I knew it was a good school. It was, it was in New York. Um, it was far enough but close enough for me, the proximity was important that I can get back to my family and get back to home. And obviously the Big East and the Dome, you know, like, or how much, you know, and a legendary coach. And, you know, it, at that time, it was one of the best teams, you know, and it was one of the best teams in the Big East and in the country. So, I mean, I had everything I wanted four hours away, you know. I couldn't pass that up. I think a lot of times we fall into recency bias. We fall in love with, Cuse Duke, Cuse North Carolina, Cuse Florida State, you know, the rivalry games in the ACC. But you lived those big rivalry games with Big Monday, with Georgetown, with UConn, with St. John's, with Villanova. I mean, unbelievable, you know, intense rivalries. Can you paint the picture for what it was like to play in that Big East? Oh, man, it was it was a fight. It was a brawl. It was, you know, every, every night, every night you went out. I mean, Providence. You know, with with Rick Barnes, they were physical. I mean, you know, you played Georgetown, you knew like the game was going to be in the fifties, and you were going to get fouled. If they called three, you probably got fouled nine times because they were so physical. You know, just, but that's just the way basketball, that brand of basketball, was played back then. It was a physical league. You know, with UConn, you know, you knew, hey, that was like get up and down. They're going to try to score a ton of points, and and they were going to press. So again, all those things. You know, you had the different styles, but it was, you know, you had Raleigh who was, he could play fast, slow the game up. Uh, it just was different styles. Um, but it was a, it was a war every night and, and everyone had a respect, but they didn't like each other, you know, and they competed <laughs> against each other. So it, it was, it was, it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. It was no easy games. No, not, no days off, no <laughs> nights off. You know, Boston people, you know, I mean, I think at the time Boston College, was the only team that struggled for through my four years, and that was only the first two years because they played all freshmen. And then by their junior and senior year, Howard Isaac, Bill Curley, Gerard Avery, uh all those guys, that's when Boston College, they took off. I mean, I think they went to the Elite Eight. I mean, they beat us a couple of times. You know, the league just, just was getting – every team was just – it was a hard game. I love I love hearing you reminisce about the good old days of the Big East. I know we have a good thing still with the ACC, but those were some cla- – growing up, I remember falling in love watching Cuse, watching the Dome be packed mm-hmm. for those big Monday games. And, and your teams mm-hmm. were successful, too. You know, you had a, ca- a cast of characters, 
and you won on the court. Any favorite memories that stand out to you? Any big games or big wins that really come to the front of your mind? You know, I think obviously my last game at home, my last home game uh, versus Georgetown, we actually won that senior night. Um, I, you know, one comes to mind, uh, the, the big, uh, we had an overtime double, I think overtime or double overtime game versus Connecticut at the Dome. I think the score was like 100 to 90 something. It was something, it was up there. And then, you know, we, I remember I was playing against Kentucky, and I'm a 14 in the country coming in um, at the Dome, sold out, packed, uh, big game. And, I mean, it was so many big games. I mean, I remember Seton Hall. Um, we had a really long winning streak against them up, uh, up until my junior year. And I think remember one of those games we were down nine points for like two minutes. We came back and won by like five or six. So there's so many great memories. But, the, you know, you know, I remember the Kentucky game, and it was sold out. It was packed. Everyone was excited. I remember us playing against Fire and Ice, you know, Rodney Monroe, NC State, Tom Gugliotta. Now, you know, I was the inaugural of the uh, Big East ACC Challenge. Um, those, that was a great game. But it was just so many great games. I felt like every game we played at home um, was a big game. I really, really did. I don't, you know. Especially once you got to January. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no doubt. The postseason, you know, ramping up yeah. for uh, March Madness run. You guys are no strangers to March Madness. Was it different playing? Like, how was it different playing in the Dome versus coaching a team in the Dome? Uh, you know what? Um, I think uh, I think it's, it's, it's very similar. I think the energy is unbelievable, especially when the Dome is rocking. I think you know, you get that extra juice, you get that extra vibe sitting there, you know, encouraging your guys, encouraging your players to, to, to you know, to feed off the energy and play and, and play and stay focused and, you know, not get too carried away. I think you still feel that way as a coach. I know I feel that way as a coach sometimes. People love you and they love your story. I was going to ask you about Red and, you know, if your if your student athletes knew about the nickname and, and what they thought of you as a player. But... Uh, they don't, I don't talk about I don't talk about my basketball. I just walk past and show them my picture up there with assists. So then, and that's about it. So that got my pride right there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. Right. And when you graduate from Syracuse, you get this degree in speech communication, and you actually had a really, for people that don't know, you had a really successful career playing over in European leagues. You know, you you had a, a stint in the U.S. Basketball League. So it wasn't like you left Syracuse and stopped playing. You had a really good playing career. But when did you decide that coaching was what you wanted to do next? Wow. Uh, I think um, I think I, I decided I wanted to coach after um, I brought my family up. And my oldest son at the time, was he was, he was, he was young. And uh, I brought him up. With my family, I, mean, I wanted to show them Syracuse and let them see you know, where I went to school that where I played at. And I started talking, sat down and talked with Coach Beheim, and then I talked to Mike Hopkins, and they were just asking me what I was doing, you know, what I planned on doing. And, and they both started saying that they encouraged me to get into coaching. They think that I would be great. You, know, you should do this. And that kind of started me thinking, and then they put me in touch with Rod, uh, a couple of guys, and the next thing you know, it just kind of just happened just like that after that visit um, from Syracuse. And we were very thankful that you you decided to listen and and, and <laughs> participated in that coaching because we wouldn't be having this conversation, I don't think, if you hadn't decided no. to. <laughs> no, that's, that's, you know, I never thought of that, but that is that is absolutely true. If I never brought Adrian, uh, bring my family up here with uh, Adrian, 
Jimmy at the time, yeah, I probably would not. We probably would not be having this conversation. I do want to give a little credit too. Obviously, you know, you're you're well known as being a family man, and you know, coaching can be such a demanding profession. What kind of support has your family provided to you uh, to pursue your coaching dreams? Oh uh, man, you know, it's kind of like that comment you just said right here. You know, my wife, she's she's super supportive. She allows me to do my things. You know, I mean. Obviously, you know, it's, it's difficult trying to raise a family. And, you know, I spend t- time away, travel, uh, just even when I'm not traveling, getting home late. Um, I think, you know, your kids, they adapt to that. They understand that. Um, she's, she did her best job to, to keep me involved as much as, as, much as possible. Um, so very supportive. I don't think anybody can, can make, uh, get through this business uh, without having that family support. You just have to have it because it's, it's a lot of understanding. It's a lot of time away from each other. Um, so you miss some things, so you got to have that support to keep a family. So um, you know, she she and, and my kids are very supportive of that. I think you know, the kids, they, they kind of adapt and grow. But I think, you know, you talk about your wife, that's, that's the person that really has to, to make the sacrifice. I know people are really excited for the opener and for the season to get underway. Just how excited are you for the upcoming season? Like, what really gets you amped up and motivated about how good this team can be? Well, um, you know, I think that you always you always feel good about your team before you start playing. Um, again, I, 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 I was fortunate enough to, be, to 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 be here last year, so I've seen how these guys have grown. I've seen how these guys have adjusted to what we're trying to do, and we have our good days and bad days. But when I do get excited when, when in those good days. You know, have been you know you're really good. You really get you really see everything clicking and gelling. So you know you, you know you take that and you sleep with that. It's like that golf shot. You know you could play bad golf all day long, but that one shot you you think about, you remember it, and you fall asleep and thinking about it the next day. Um, and that's how <laughs> it is. Uh, that's how it is. You know, it's been moments um, this summer. You know, and doing our workouts where they they really. Um, I've looked really good, so you know, I think I get excited about that. Um, but we still got work to do. Um, we, we're far from a finished product, and it's going to be. We still going to be trying to grow and get better. And there's so much talent on this team, both in the returners, obviously Judah Mintz, Chris Bell, Benny Williams, Justin Taylor, Kadir Copeland, Malik Brown. But you were busy bringing in some great, talented recruits like JJ Starling, Naheem McLeod, Chance Westry, Kyle Cuff Jr. coming in. The cupboard seems pretty full for us. What are your expectations for the season? Just how far can this team go? I don't like to make those expectations. I think um, you know we we have enough to be to be to be a good team. Now it's just a matter of us kind of putting the work in. So I don't like to put expectations. I don't like to put limits. I look at sometimes the expectations can be limits. I don't know how good we can be. I don't know where we can be. I just know that we have the, the pieces to be a good team. And that's what I get excited about, and that's what I, all I talk about. Fair enough, fair enough, and I appreciate the the candor with with the response there. I guess, what would you say for fans? Like, what style of basketball do you imagine this team playing? Well, we want to obviously uh, we want to we want to get after people defensively. We want to try to create, make people beat us. We want to make people want to speed people up, and then on the other end, we want to be able to make our defense create some some offense, get out, transition. You know, be aggressive, push the ball. So you know, fast pace. We want to get up and down, uh, spacing, and use our use our talent to let our talent to have that spacing to, to take over and make plays. 
and freedom. You know, but we definitely, you know, we definitely want to be a tempo team, get up and down um, on both ends of the floor. We want to speed people up defensively, and offensively, we want to go right back down and be aggressive and get the ball up, the ball to court. You guys will be a fun team to watch in the dome for sure. And I got to ask you this one too, Coach. While I got you on here. How many times has somebody come up and asked you, "Hey, coach, <laughs> you playing the two-three? <laughs> oh man, if I had a, if I had five cents a penny, even a penny for five cents, <laughs> I'd be a rich man right now. Someone asked me that question. Yeah, you're, you look. We're all excited to see you put your mark on this program, and um, I know that it's been it's been really fun watching you in action, watching you on the recruiting trail. It's going to be great to see when the games kick off. In the dome, I did have two more quick questions for you. You being an alum yourself, you also had two children who attended and graduated from Syracuse, and Aaliyah and Adrian Jr. What kind of pride does that give you, knowing that two of your kids decided to follow in your footsteps and become Orange alums? That was that was very 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 awesome and proud. And again, especially you know when you we sit around and we start having you know these family discussions or talking with different people and having that 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 pride of that. Not only, like you said, um, not only did I have a great experience, but my two kids, my two older kids, um, shared their same experiences and, and have that Syracuse and alumni pride. It means a lot. And I know there's probably not a lot of this now because the season's ramping up, but when you do have some free time on your hands, what do you like to do when you're not coaching or recruiting? If I'm not coaching or recruiting um, with the family, uh, probably going to eat some dinner, listen to music uh, a little bit, and try to play golf, man. I've been trying to play golf. That's something new that I picked up. So definitely like to try to get out there and swing it, but I don't have a, as much time as I used to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hear there's a Hall of Fame coach that is pretty uh, proud of his golf game. You might be able to lean on if Coach Beheim ever wants to share. Has, have you talked golf uh, with him yeah. a lot? Uh, not as much. We do talk, but not like that. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he he knows about, a little bit about everything, but yeah, we've talked golf, but not not as much. We've actually been, you know, more of our conversations has been kind of me bouncing some ideas off of him, giving his thoughts and opinions on different things um, as I get prepared. I know coaches mentioned Coach Beheim has said he doesn't want to feel like he's a shadow looming over you as you make this mark. He wants you to you know be free to be the coach that you want to be. But has he given you any any other advice or any other ways that he's maybe tried to give some feedback or advice to you? I mean, I think anytime I ask him a question about something, he's very, he's there, he's open. Um, the one thing about coach and the one thing about me is that, you know, um, coaches has never, you know, I, I, I wouldn't feel that way. You know, I'm happy, I'm excited when he, he's actually out of practice or he, he would be at a game. Like, that doesn't bother me. I'm confident in my abilities and I'm confident in who I am. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, I'm going to make my decisions and, you know, that's just that. I mean, we've, we've never, you know, even when I was his, his assistant coach, you know, it was things that I would suggest, and he didn't like it. I didn't take offense to it. It was things that maybe he said, I'm like, ah, coach, you know, maybe we can, maybe you can look at it another way, you know. So, again, we have, we've always had that kind of relationship. It's exciting to have a, somebody who you can, you've, you formed a close friendship, you know, with from both being recruited by Coach Beheim and working under his staff. And we can't wait to see what happens this year. He is Adrian Autry, the head coach of the Syracuse men's basketball team. That dome is going to be rocking this year, and, and it all kicks <laughs> off November 6th. Listen, we wish you nothing but the best, and uh, definitely keep up the great work on the recruiting trail and uh, give him hell this year on the court. 
Thank you, John. I appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you in the future. Thanks for checking out the latest installment of the Cuse Conversations podcast. My name is John Boccasino signing off for the Cuse Conversations podcast.